Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baggy pants, sideway hat wearing dope. We're saving our own lives. Mm. That's good. <laughs> I'm running out of words to describe it. I don't think it's going to happen. This weekend, Wilkes-Barre held its Fine Arts Fiesta. Some artists paid tribute to the local town culture with artworks that included Do You Have a Cigarette? USA! <laughs> USA! USA! Sue Henry on WYLK. Well, hello there. Isn't this the greatest weather ever? Are you, are you like me? Do you wake up every day and look out the window and think, why? Why does it always look the same? Why has it looked this way since October? Does anybody know? Don't you worry, because on the weekend, they're going to give you a little taste of spring, and then they're going to take it away. Won't that be nice? Mm-hmm. Friday, uh, 70. Saturday, 75, and then Sunday, 70, and then 12. Ugh, this kind of weather is very, very bad and uh, has a tendency to, um, you know, hurt fragile people, but we'll see. It's just, uh, it's it's too much for me. But uh, again, I don't know what to tell you. It is what it is, and we can't change it. It's 10.07 at WILK, but we can change topics, which we're about to do right now. When uh, we talk to the, the father of modern character education, how about that? That's got to be a tall order in this day and age. We are welcoming to our show Dr. Thomas Lacona, the author of How to Raise Kind Kids and Get Respect, Gratitude, and a Happier Family in the Bargain. Good morning, Doctor. How are you? Good morning. I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I'm uh, living the dream like the rest of the people who live here. We're just waiting for spring to start, and I don't know where you're calling from, but how is it where you are? Well, there's a little dusting of snow here in central New York, but uh, not so bad. It's uh, getting nicer each day, so yeah. no complaints. And then we'll be able to put those kids outside, which is going to be good for them because then they can run around. But let's talk about uh, your your work and a, a little bit of your history, Dr. Lacona. How did you get interested in uh, the topic of uh, character, children, and uh, raising kids who are kind? What, what led you to this work? Well, when I was a doctoral student in psychology, what caught my interest the most was the development of conscience, and how kids develop a sense of right and wrong. And I did my early research on that, how children reason about what's, what's right and wrong, and then we started raising our own family. I had the opportunity to work with teachers in a teacher education program that I directed at the State University of New York at Cortland. So my focus for the last um, four decades has really been on how to develop a sense of morality and how to develop the capacity for for doing what's right, even in the face of pressures. And that's been a, a steady focus for my professional work and with teachers and parents for, for nearly 50 years. 
Is there a point of no return in this development uh, of a conscience and a right and wrong? Because oftentimes we hear that it's so important to work with kids uh, when we're raising them to get them to these points. If, if children don't know right from wrong, what happens? Well, it's certainly, um, I mean, the characteristics of our habits. Habits require formation, require practice. If you start habit formation earlier, then you you're able to build on that. If you if kids develop bad habits, then you've got to undo that. So it's certainly easier to start early, but there's it's never too late. There's a wonderful plasticity to to the brain, to human nature. Um, if you have a religious perspective, there's the grace of God. It's always possible to become a better person. And there are interventions, for example, that have been done in prison environments, uh, trying to give people a greater sense of their dignity, meaningful voice and decisions that affect their lives, uh, mutual support and counseling with other inmates, and, and even in that environment with people who have come from tough lives, uh, they've been able to make a difference. So character is a process. Eleanor Roosevelt said it begins at birth and it continues until death, so it's never too late. I, I, I know we're, I, I do want to talk to you about this book, but what are, what are your feelings about uh, the affluenza teen? When you saw this story, what did you think about uh, this kind of defense where the, this uh, Ethan Couch um, seemed not to know better? What do you think about that? Well, uh, two-thirds of parents these days feel that they've spoiled their children and have not asked enough of them. Parents are doing all the giving, kids all the taking. Uh, children need chores and real responsibilities in family life from the earliest age. You can provide opportunities to contribute to family life even with a preschooler. Uh, one mom says that she has her three-year-old son help to, to get a diaper for the little guy, the new baby, and, and she's required her kids to pick up their toys ever since they could walk, and they're very proud of what they do to try to help out in the family. So we can nurture that from the earliest years. And then kids get the idea that a family is everybody working together. It's not um, parents doing all the providing, kids all the consuming. Well, that's a, that's a good statement. And uh, in this day and age, Doctor, with the, uh, the pervasive um, social media culture and uh, the... Uh, you know, the way that's consumed many families and, and lives. How does that add uh, possibly to making your job as a parent more difficult? Well, we have to ask ourselves, you know, who rules family life? Do we or do screens? And unfortunately, in many families, screens have come to, to shut down family conversation. We're all staring at them. We're not talking to each other. We need to create the kind of family culture where face-to-face -face interaction is happening in ways that make a difference. And dinner time, for example, should be a time for meaningful exchange of thoughts, feelings, and experiences. What was the best part and the worst part of your day? What was something kind that somebody did for you today? What was the kind thing you did for somebody else? Uh, what are you looking forward to? What's the problem you're, you're dealing with these days? All those can be topics for a conversation where everybody at the table makes a contribution, has a chance to, to speak. Uh, that builds meaningful exchange into family life so that it's part of a pattern. You can start with something simple like uh, a round of gratefuls. What are you grateful for today? Something that, that happened that you're thankful for. Bedtime becomes another opportunity for a connective ritual where you're reading good books with children. Uh, books that teach kindness and other virtues. There are tons of them out there. We should choose books with a strong character theme to make the most of that intimate time 
um, when we put our children to bed. So we can be proactive, we can be intentional, we can shape a family culture that's able to provide us a strong enough foundation so the kids are not so vulnerable to the bad influences of the wider culture. I'm just uh, imagining, uh, Dr. Lacona, though, that a lot of uh, people are, are trying to uh, do this uh, by themselves in this day and age. It seems uh, like the single-parent home is um, more common than it used to be, and that uh, sometimes uh, either mom or dad, whoever is raising the kid or somebody else, by the time they reach that part of the day and they're so filled and overwhelmed with what's happened to them today, how do they recenter themselves and say, you know what, I've just got to shed all this, leave it behind, and be with these children uh, present in the moment? Because I think it's a very difficult thing for people who finally get to walk in the door at uh, 5 o'clock and have to put dinner on the table and maybe stressed from what happened to them all day to actually be positive and have this uh, dialogue with kids. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We're often worn or frazzled and not at our best that we just want to, you know, collapse in a heap and get to the end of the day. But it's still a matter of looking for the natural opportunities. It's, you know, the parent has to face making dinner. Well, that's a, a chance for children to be part of the kitchen staff to help out and, and to learn to cook, to make some small contribution, and set the table, uh, be part of the process of, of, fa- of family life, and then um, look for the opportunities to deal with things uh, that um, spontaneously arise. You know, there's, a, there's a problem, all right, let's sit down and talk about this. Say, oh, we, you're fighting with your little brother. How can we work something out that's fair? You take the the things that are right in front of you. How can we do bedtime tonight in, in a way that's not unpleasant, uh, where I'm not yelling and screaming, but you guys are getting ready for bed when I ask you to? How can we do this? Where you you sit down and gather yourselves. If you try to deal with all problems just in a reactive fashion on your feet, often you're not at your best, and you end up doing things that really make it worse. And then long-term, it, it means protecting some time where you do sit down as a family and say, look, last week was pretty rough. I'm glad it's over. How do we make next week a better one? Here's a single mom. She Her problem was that every time she got on the phone, her two boys, seven and five, got into a fight, and she ended up screaming at them and missed a bit going on, and nothing was working to solve the problem. And so they, they made that the topic of their first family meeting, um, just mom and Ben and Philip, Philip and said, here's here's the situation, whenever I'm on the phone, you guys get wild, and I end up yelling at you, okay, what are your feelings about this, and then how do we solve this problem? And, and the, the kids' complaint from their side was that she spent way too much time on the phone and didn't get to play with them, and she didn't realize that that was how they felt about her being on the phone, so that gave her a, a new insight, and then they worked out an agreement. If mom has something to do, she'll tell us. She'll tell the person she's busy and we'll call later or we'll make a list of things to do when mom's on the phone. She'll try to make her calls a little shorter. If she has to be on the phone for a long time, then we will behave. And that went up in the fridge and then they had a follow-up meeting to see how it was working. But the mother said there was much less arguing and hassling about this problem in their home. So just taking the time to say, look, what's the problem here? What are your feelings? Here are mine. How can we solve it in a way that's fair? And then... Uh, following up on it to see how things are working it can make an enormous difference in the family life and you have the feeling now that you're pulling together so when things go off the rails it's not just the parents job to fix it 
it's everybody's job. Yeah, and uh, that uh, trying to pull together, it seems like such a great concept, and it seems so simple, and it seems so logical, but we often uh, find that there are some... Uh, you know, people in the family who are working against it, and they would be uh, siblings of, you know, the siblings and the children, where they're uh, they're at each other's throats. And I had uh, three small kids at once, and it, I, f- I found out that yeah, they're three and a half years apart, and I found out that. Um, the ones that were the most similar to each other were the ones that viciously fought each other. Is that normal? Well, similar temperaments can cause a lot of friction, whether it's between sibs or parents and children. If you know two people uh, are intense, that creates a problem if they have, both have a short fuse and so on. But even there, if you establish the principle that, look, um, making a happy family isn't just the parent's job. It's everybody's job. All right, now, how do you how do you make how do you become part of the solution instead of part of the problem? Have a dedicated space in the home for conflict resolution. You can call it the talk it out corner or the conflict corner. And when there's a problem, that's where you go. You sit down and you go through certain steps. First, you calm down, count to ten, take three deep breaths. Then you take turns saying what your feelings are about the problem. Then you show that you understand the other person. Okay, you know, Bill, you feel, and all right, Sue, you feel. And then you both talk about what you think is fair until you've got a fair solution that you agree on. In the beginning, you're going to have to stand there and walk kids through it, coach them, give them feedback the way you would if you were coaching a sport or some other kind of skill. And then gradually they can do more of it on their own, and eventually they can do it completely on their own. And parents have had this experience where children are learning that if you've got a problem, you talk it out, you work it out. And when kids begin to take that responsibility, it's an enormous step forward in family life. I think that these are great ideas. Also, uh, you're, you're advising in your book that... Um, when, when you all sit down together as a family at night and you watch a film or whatnot, it should be maybe something that uh, demonstrates kindness, courage, compassion in uh, real life. And uh, the things in your book, they seem to be inspired uh, by real life events, the movies that you uh, ask uh, that families uh, get together and watch. Well, I mean, except when you get down to uh, maybe Cinderella, but a lot of them are actually based upon people who espouse the virtues that uh, you too can espouse because these were just uh, regular people, you know, like uh, Jackie Robinson and uh, Gandhi. They, they were just people like us too. Sure, sure. And we need to provide a good example for our children, but they also need inspiring examples beyond what we can provide. And and a, a good movie can do that. A good book can do that. Uh, the film Wonder, based on the book by the same title, was a great movie for showing kids in school being mean to a boy who had a facial deformity, but other kids befriending him and, and providing the support that he needed. Um, you could then talk about that as a family, you know, who in the movie showed kindness, who didn't, when they've we had opportunities to be a friend to somebody who maybe was being excluded or treating badly at school. How do we respond? What could we do in the future in a situation like that? You can share a memory from your own childhood, maybe of a time when you weren't kind, uh, didn't do something that, that helped a child who was being treated badly by peers. So making making the most of those real-life opportunities and, and making use of good books and good films is certainly part of what we can draw upon as a parent. 
You're the second person to tell me that the film Wonder is absolutely magnificent. Somebody was um, curious as to why it wasn't in the Academy Award running last year because it was such a powerful story of uh, of, of life and, and the, the way that uh, things should be expressed. So thanks for bringing that back up, Dr. Lacona. This was a, a good talk. I hope people learn a lot. And if they want to know more, you've certainly written a, a good book about it. How to Raise Kind Kids and Get Respect, Gratitude, and a Happier Family in the Bargain. So uh, thank you very much for joining us this morning and doing the interview on WILK. We appreciate it. Thank you for your kindness. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 